Uh, my name is Yara Mezin. I'm uh, from La Joie de Vivre. And can you please introduce yourself? My name is Amir Fayo. I'm a brand architect. I studied architecture, but I was never a good architect. So I never worked as an architect. And retail has been the story of my career. Then I shifted to be a brand architect, which is about creating brands and businesses to other people. So what's your why? I think my why, I think everyone was given a purpose or a reason to be in this space called life or planet. And I always tell my team or my clients or my people, I was not the luckiest one to be a doctor to heal people. I was not the smartest to take people to the moon. But I was given a gift that I can create things that make people feel something. And if I can do that, I think that becomes my purpose. So I always tell it because maybe the businesses and industries I am in, it can come across as fluffy from outside. It can be retail or fashion or branding or marketing and does not feel like it's essential things in life. But honestly, if any of them can make people feel something, I think we're all product of feelings that makes us survive and be who we are. Talking about feelings, how do you deal with the fear and doubt? Like the bottom two of all on the feeling spectrum. I think I was, I'm very lucky. I sustained the naivety of a kid for a very long time. And I think the naivety of a kid prevents you from fear and doubt because there is a power of ignorance that sustains a kid. You know, when you're a kid, you play around and you put your finger in the electricity socket. You look for the danger and you be part of it. Because fear is not part of the conversation and doubt does not exist in your sense of being. And I always believe, I pray to my creator every other day to keep my naivety and my power of ignorance. That's what uh, I was just going to ask you. How do you keep it safe? Like, how do you keep it safe from the reality of the world? I don't know. I think everyone is given a gift, and my gift is in not knowing. Uh, what do you think your purpose is? What do you think your grander message is? As I mentioned, uh, it's not a message, it's um, you become a tool in a big machine. You become a small part in a big picture. And I, and I always wish if my tool or if my role is to be able to allow other people to feel something, then in the grand picture of things, I would fulfill something. What do you think, Katie? Right now I'm going to give you like broad words, they're quite generic. And uh, I would like to know the meaning, those, what those meaning, what those words mean for you. Love. In everything. Freedom. It's how I know life. Uh, roots. We all come from a place, and we all go to another place. So, uh, roots for me is. Is not a point, it's a continuity. You just keep with it. You know, when I when I when I moved to New York 11 years ago, a lot of people told me, don't mention you are Egyptian. Don't mention you are Muslim, because you might be bullied. You might be you might not given the right opportunity. 
And funny enough, you know, I, I come from, my roots are I'm Greek, Egyptian, born in Wales. So I have a lot of stories I, that can carry me away, apart from just being Egyptian. And I realized, actually people loved me for being Egyptian. People found mystery in me in being Egyptian. People engaged with me more knowing that I'm Egyptian. I'm not only Egyptian, I'm Egyptian and I'm British by birth and I'm Welsh by being raised up. So I'm a component of things, but celebrating even the part of being Egyptian was actually open doors. It did not close doors. How do you relate to that part in you? Which part? The Egyptian part. Um, How does it feel that, you, that it grounds you? I mean, I mean being an Egyptian is, it makes it very eclectic. I mean, for me, I have the same, uh, same backgrounds. But how do you root in the Egyptian? And when you're, when you're uh, now we can edit this with saying, curiosity, uh, how do you relate to being an Egyptian? But uh, that's what I just shared. It's, yeah. um, it is not a passport. It is uh, it's a, a, a collective, eclectic mix of things. Even being any average Egyptian, even who was not born anywhere else or who was not raised anywhere else, Egypt is a product of many things. So I just had an interview recently with uh, an American um, channel, and I said Egyptians were globalized before anyone else knew globalization. You know, we started somewhere very profound that did export science and knowledge and culture to a lot of people. And during the years, every nationality came to visit us and stayed for a while and left. And that was an indirect globalization to who we are today. Absolutely, absolutely. This is beautiful. In, in our beingness, like are we all truly the same? Like I, you've said that you have so many roots, like your different parts of you come from different parts of the world, and you've traveled quite often, or you travel. Your living is about travel. Are we all the same? Like with meeting all the people and being a global citizen? I don't think we are the same. Mm -hmm. No, I think we're very different creatures. But what unites us at the end is the same idea. We came from the same place and we're all going to go to the same place again. Okay, finally, uh, what holds or embodies your inspiration? What brings you that fire of inspiration? Honestly, I don't know the word. I think my mind is too naive to understand the word. But I know one thing. As the kid in my mind, I observe everything and everywhere I go. And uh, I think my most triggers are people. How they behave in, in a certain situation, how they react to something. And the complexity of uh, the human nature fascinates me. And I'm always interested in that. But again, I'm a visual person, so visualizations are key to how I think. My memory is very visual, and um, and I believe we. Uh, again, I'm relating again to the kid. It's a sponge, and you keep collecting things all the way. You keep collecting things all the way, and then these things comes out and how we are and what we do and how we want to live our life or even how we want to work. Yes. If you have one piece of advice. I, 
don't think I'm stage of my life yet to be a voice of advice to anybody. But the one thing I can just represent, a freedom of a thought is very important. Because a thought has no limits. If we put any limits, it's us. No one put a limit to your thoughts. Maybe some people in their upbringing or society or uh, higher voices in their families or in their educational system told them don't. But they can say whatever they want. The thought is your thought. It can go anywhere and it's up to you to let it go further. The only power is you need to find somebody else to believe in that thought with you. Then it becomes a reality, not a thought. If it's only you, it still becomes a thought. But I always say, a dream, a thought, idea, it still stays in the elusive state. It only comes to reality in two situations. When you believe enough in it to make it reality, and someone else in front of you believe in it to be a reality. Then it becomes a reality, even before being materialized. But if there's two people believe it can happen, or it can be visualized, or you can see eye to eye, then something happens. Why didn't you want to, to be on video? I think a video is a fascinating medium. It creates a visual stimulation. And the reason why I agreed to do the podcast with you, because I understood it's not going to be about why did we create this the way we did or why the color of this looks that way. I understood you will have a more meaningful angle to have this conversation. And I believe if there is a meaningful content, voice is more powerful than, uh, than a picture or than an image. I built my company in New York with my business partner. Um, he moved to another state after we started the company by a few months. So our only tool of thought and thinking and brainstorming and creating ideas and strategies for clients and big brand concepts was always through voice. We never did Zoom. At the time, Zoom was not even a thing, but we did, never did even FaceTime. It was always a voice. And through voice, we listened well, we were stimulated enough, and we created big things. So when you asked me, I said, why be on video? If you feel what I'm sharing is of a value to people, I think the value will come across through voice more than an image or a picture. Well, anything for uh, to get the pearls of wisdom that I got, I do it over the or, whichever medium you would. Uh, or the pills like. of a childlike. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, can I ask a final question? Like, this is one What is work is play, isn't it? Like, for you, work is play. You don't feel like you work. I've never felt a day I worked. I always enjoyed what I do enough that it became part of my being. It's, it's, it's how I go through my day. I never felt I work. I do. I wear so many hats. And in New York, I have the agency that creates so many brands and so many disciplines, so many in so many industries to different clients. And um, and even in the U.S., when I start doing my my business, and the U.S. people are very specialized. So if I do food and beverage brand, I get ten other clients in food and beverage. And if I get an inquiry from a medical center, they say, but you don't have any medical uh, projects in your portfolio. And I learned to say one thing, I am not about the category. I will never know about your business more than you do. But my value is I can get people interested in what you do. So why does it matter what category are you in? Whether it's food, beverage, banking, airlines, hotels. I know about people, I want to get them interested in something. So 
that's how I relate to what I do. It always starts from a place of stimulating or creating a feeling to someone. And that feeling has to be authentic enough, not a marketing game. It has to be something authentic enough and make people feel something. So if they feel something, the role of the brand or the business has succeeded 50%. The other 50%, they engage with it and they create a transaction. Because by the end of the day, companies and brands are not institutions for free. They need to make the money so they can offer you that feeling again. And that's how the cycle works. I always say money feeds creativity, creativity feeds money. And that's how the ecosystem sustains itself. This is brilliant.